You mean I would envision that? Yeah, that's what yes. I'm saying. Like, that's that's how you'd see it going, right? And I feel like this uh, it, it's the opposite here. And maybe maybe that's the genius of Tyson is that he's now Jedi mind tricked everyone into thinking, well, let's get all the weaker players out of here, and it's safe. It's safer for him that way. Well, I do think that the fact. I do think it has crossed his mind that if his strategy is let's get rid of the strong players, he's putting himself in a situation where the first time he doesn't win a challenge, everyone's going to go, let's get rid of the strong players. Yeah. And that's. (laughs) And it's him. Yeah. And that's really how this should go, I guess. But I think everyone, but this is kind of back to my CT analogy. I think everyone's terrified to see him in in the arena. Well, it's not just that. It's that they're terrified that he's going to come back angry. (laughs) Because the thing is, this is a, this is a game where the winner of the daily has all the power. Yep. So, you know, in a game with, more of a vote there's like safety and numbers to make your moves you know what i'm saying but if you win a challenge and have a chance to make your move and it's a weak team in there and you send tyson in to smash that weak team and whatever the hell they do you're just asking for him to come back wanting to eliminate you and by the way, he's won more than half of the challenges. Yeah, you know it. It is scary, and I. It, it is interesting to me. Like this is, it's something I think you'd expect from a game full of rookies, essentially, like a, a game entirely of rookies. Everyone's taking these uh, elimination and vote decisions super personal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, Again, no. except Tyson. Uh, you know, so like the. <laughs> I would say the way Sarah lost her mind in the elimination chamber uh, leads me to believe we may have some of the best off-field content yet this week. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> Leo also lost his mind in the saddest, most adorable way possible, which is really great. You too. said you were my big brother. That was the saddest. It truly was, was my- the saddest possible way to express himself in that moment. And then I'm coming for you. And like nobody really be nobody. <laughs> nobody. Like, oh, all right, God, come please, please come for me. Well, uh, I think what both what what neither of them realized, neither Sarah nor Leo, is that the reason they ended up there is basically all the women in the house want Leo eliminated so they don't get stuck with him. Because I will say this as much as you may be right that Tyson's concern should not be eliminating weak players because he seems capable of winning no matter who his partner is the some of the women in particular really most of them do have to be worried about getting stuck with a weak man and by far the weakest man left is leo yeah i mean look as we're starting to narrow people down yeah he's getting to be a really obvious target i i that much I get, but at the same time, like I thought he, you know, I I don't think that that elimination win was all her. No, he did perfectly he fine, right and that the, that was yeah. an elimination that allowed him to be useful. Um, he had a really good idea, um, but your brain is only going to get you so far, and it's not. I mean, the reason the women have more to worry about is that I think the the gap 
between Leo and and Tyson, the best guy, is so massive. And really, a lot of the middle of the pack is closer to Tyson than they are to Leo, I think. <laughs> I think that is prob that is probably true. Uh, you know, I was talking to my sister about this a little bit yesterday, and and I do think that it, it, it so a lot of this comes down to whether you think the final is going to be a paired event or an individual event, right? Like, I I to to me to yeah, only want yeah. strong people in the finals, you have to think that you're going to have a partner, and you might. Obviously, we just saw a final that was kind of partnered and well, kind of. I would say this. I would say this, and this this is funny because it does not support what Tyson did this week. I would say if I'm Tyson, what I actually want, and vice versa for, for the women, but if I'm Tyson, what I actually want is to eliminate pairs with strong men and weak women. So right. that – Partnered, you're almost certainly getting partnered with someone of the opposite gender. I would exactly. Say. So you want you want to eliminate the weak members of the opposite sex and keep the weak members of your gender. And and I think the there are going to be based on the way the algorithm works, there are likely to be pairs that fit the right description for that each week. Yeah. But the question is like, you know, for Survivor at least. Until now, they had really stayed strong more than Big Brother, right? So now that maybe the floodgates are open, you start thinking about it in challenge terms instead of like previous show terms, and you want to ally yourself with weak members of your own gender and strong members of the opposite gender. <laughs> I think that... Um... I do think that some of these survivor people and the big brother people are out. They're just out thinking themselves a little bit. You know what I mean? Like they're just kind of well, tripping up. On their own I, I mean, I totally agree. I wonder if, and I, and I kind of, <clears throat> excuse me. I kind of think that the, the, the reason that's happening is they have these alliances built on their shows, which made sense coming in, right? But the way the algorithm jumbles things every week and the way everyone's going to have their own individual priorities, like adding, trying to add the Team Big Brother, Team Survivor component to it is too complicated. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I, I do think that the game is going to start to to change. You, you, you yes. give that sense right now. So well, we're uh, we're starting to get down to it. You know, I mean, but I I don't know. I will say this about I, I've been thinking this whole time about your question about the final. I I think if I'm them and I've done my homework, I'm betting more like likelier than not, there's going to be at least some team component to the final. And if I had to bet what kind, I'd say, like, maybe a sort of rotate through partners of the opposite gender over the yeah. course of the extended final period. Yeah, no, I think your your weak guy, strong girl uh, theory is a good one. Right. That's, of that's course, that way. is not what Tyson did this week. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, it is not. Um I uh I think Cinco is a good dude. 
and he seemed like a decent competitor. Uh, but I'm happy to see him go because I uh, I'm excited to no longer hear about uh, the women that he's flirting with and how it, how it's making Cachet feel. Yeah, I Ready agree with that. I mean, it, I don't know if Cachet, <laughs> I have a feeling Cachet will find something else to complain about. But I agree with I, I'm pretty sick of hearing that. I do think Cinco really didn't. I mean, he was strong. And I don't think he totally got an opportunity to show what he was capable of. But um, yeah, no, I mean, look, look, look. the show who was a, a, a pro example for the got to get the weak people out. It's it was Cinco, right? Yeah, I, I it, it, it drives me nuts, you know. And I say this as someone who's not a great swimmer, um, yeah. but I'm a passable swimmer, not a great swimmer. How do you you can't come on the show and not know how to swim? Like, yeah, I mean, look, since it's it's going to be in there. I will give the you know collection of rookies a half half of a pass. You know, they only get half a demerit for this. You get half of a pass, but no more. Next time, learn to swim, yeah. like. Part of what's happening here with the franchising of the challenge, in my view, is like a a further professionalizing of the challenge as a sport. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that, and I would like to add while we're here. Yeah. Uh, if if it's if it's necessary for you, go to the sports psychologist or whoever, and like deal with your fear of heights because you're gonna have to deal with Handle that too. The heights. Agreed. <laughs> So those two, like no more excuses, frankly, on, on, on that front. Yes. Agreed. Um, you know, I mean, look at, you know, at least the the reality is you're punished if you can't do these things. And, and, you know, there are some NBA players who would be better if they could shoot and they just can't get it done. So fair enough. If that's a skill you can't develop, but, but just like I'm with you that that is it's part of being a challenge competitor, a professional challenge competitor, which is what we're looking for at this point. Be a Leo. You know what I'm saying? Be a Leo. Why a Leo? Because he learned how to swim, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> he didn't know how mean, to swim. You mean Leroy? Uh, I've done that like three or four times. I keep calling him Leo. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. Um there was a Leo on the challenge. She was simply wasn't there. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. My bad. Leroy, be Leroy. Learn how to swim. You know? And it's like you see this in the regular challenge. There's still people who are freaked out about heights. And it's like I like I get it. It's they're right. really scary. They put you in some really high places, but you gotta at least work to be competitive. You don't even have to be good, but be competitive. You know at what least, I mean? At least like tell me that you have seen the sports psychologist yeah i and like it didn't work all right fair enough but you're trying you know it's the equivalent of the ben simmons uh shooting videos like at least put some evidence on the table here for me if you're gonna (laughs) if you're still gonna chicken out fair enough but show me you tried to fix this because you had to know you have to know it's coming um 
Uh, yeah, that's a whole other kettle of fish. <laughs> the, the, is Ben Simmons working on his shooting or no? Uh, maybe one day we'll have that answer. Um, yeah, who knows? <laughs> maybe one day he'll play basketball again. Yeah. Um, yes, okay. Uh, the elimination of Cinco kind of made me realize... And look, I mean, I don't know. Enzo and Dominic obviously had their struggles this week. And I don't know that either of them are super strong. But. Oh, yeah. I think, you know what? Dominic's in the Leo group, I think. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, there is there is that lower group. And I, I do think Enzo's probably with those guys as well. Probably, um, yeah. But there's a pretty good crop of male competitors. And so, actually although the team that he chose to put in was the opposite of the strategy we discussed, the team that got eliminated fits Tyson's strategy perfectly or Tyson's optimal strategy, I should say, Um, which is he eliminated someone who's a bit, could have been a big competitor for him and also someone who would have been a weak partner. Is uh is Cowboy Guy any good? What's his name? Ben. Ben, yeah. Uh I I think he's competitive. It seems I, like he's good, but yeah. I, I feel like I don't have a lot of evidence of it. Well, yeah, I mean look, we're ben blind Simmons, blind. You look at that guy and you go, he must be good. <laughs> <laughs> to some extent, it he he has the look, yeah. But I I think we're flying blind a little bit on most people besides Tyson because he's dominated so thoroughly. Like it's sort of been Tyson and then the pack, right? And so it's hard to distinguish among the pack who are the the strongest uh, or or not. But he strikes me as someone who is in that sort of pack of good c- competitors behind Tyson, um, along with Kylan. Uh, and probably the Danny, the, the foot, is it Danny? The football the guy? Yeah. I don't know. I think so. I, think I know his Danny. wife's Kiki. I know that much. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. You know his wife's name more than, uh, uh, I mean, maybe we should just start calling him Kiki. Um, uh, well, listen, he mentions her every week. There was the obligatory, obligatory Kiki reference this week, which my wife hilariously called out right <laughs> ahead of time like he was mid-sentence and she was like because of my wife kiki and he was like because of my wife kiki (laughs) Uh, i will say he has he is one of the most lovable characters so far like tyson is the most impressive competitor uh danny is a is someone i've really come to enjoy watching even if the Kiki bit is probably going to get old eventually, it has not gotten old for me yet. I'll tell you what, I'm kind of with cachet on Leo. You know, like she's yeah. like, Leo's amazing. <laughs> I'm obsessed with him. He's he, just, uh, he's just, I just don't want to be his partner. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Yeah. It, it, if, if for us, not wanting to be his partner means never wanting to ever be in the same room as that weird cat person, <laughs> then yes. But he is. He is he's both disturbing and and extremely entertaining television. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, do you feel like I feel like he got a bit of a tough edit uh, in in this one? You know I, what I mean? He said all that cat stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. No, the cat stuff is him. There's there's no coming back from that. But I, you know, 
some of the stuff that they're showing in the comp that they're choosing to show in the competition. I feel like, um, you know, they need, they want to play into the narrative. Nobody wants to be this guy's partner for sure. So, um, yeah, but I, yeah. I mean, I also it, think like he's undeniably slowing his partner down in every physical activity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, can't argue. you talked about Tyson carrying cachet, but Sarah was literally carrying Leo in the water, yeah. for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. No, she also did. She also did. Yep. Quite true. And I will say, uh, if I'm Tyson, I am concerned because if she gets a halfway decent dude to partner with, she's an absolute threat to win any daily challenge, and she's coming for him now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll that'll be interesting. I just don't. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, she's already had Tyson, so uh, there's not that many great partners left, right? So we'll see. No, but I mean, if she's with Kylan, they could right. easily win. If right. she's with uh, Danny, they could easily win. I don't know, and you know who knows what it is, right? That plus, you know what I mean. So I like, will say, right. what's the dude's name? Oh God. The skinny Asian guy with the glasses. Derek, isn't it? Is it Derek? You would know. I feel, I feel like that's it. That sounds right. Um, he has been surprisingly good from a physical perspective, I would say. I mean, he's obviously not going to be as strong as some of these bodybuilder type dudes, but he can swim, obviously, and he has really held his own as a physical competitor. Um, which you don't expect just based on his demeanor and, and like physical frame. Agreed. Agreed. It doesn't really take shit too. I like that. Yeah. Uh, no, he's been really good and, and they damn near won this week. And his name if is Tyson Dan- wasn't just ridiculous. <laughs> you know what Cache's last, last name is? No, but is it silly? Proudfoot. Oh, I did know that. It's really, it's an interesting one, right? What a name. It sound it has a very Native American flavor. I wonder yeah. if she has Native American ancestry. Sure does. Is that maybe an opportunity for us to segue over to Reservation Dogs? Oh, look at you! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't have a ton to say about this. I, I you watched both episodes, I'm assuming. Um, yes. Other than that, I'm just I'm just really glad it's back. Uh, I really enjoy spending time in this world. It's still great. It's hilarious. The uh, deep bench of characters, both on and off the reservation, you know, all of the crazy white people (laughs) that get encountered. I'm here for all of it. Uh, What a unique and and special show. Uh, Agreed on every single thing you said. Um, I don't know if you were like me. I sat down to, to, put this on and i was like god i i hope i remember enough of what happened in the first season to to like get back into it and as soon as it came on it's like one of the characters is just sort of giving you a little last year on sort of deal and um i was immediately right back in the world like it it took no time at all for me to be like ah yes this place is a wonderful place to hang out and it really is just a totally unique place to hang out from a television perspective, right? There yes. is, to my knowledge, there has never been anything like this. I don't know if there's ever been a television show 
at least broad a, a broadly consumed television show that took place largely on a reservation and it is the characters are totally unique and specific to this experience that we don't get to see very often but that is you know fundamentally american for better or worse um it is just lovely and everyone in it is so good and it's so funny but also poignant and and like hits you in the heart it's just as good a show as we have yeah yeah it's right up there with any of them and i just um yeah it's you know it's it's all of those things but you never feel like it's necessarily throwing identity politics in your face or like that these people are you know no not at all stars where it's like you were you were like you know let's look at them as role models no they're just they're just people they're cool people you know yeah uh, they they have their quirks and flaws and and almost all of them are facing very real and difficult challenges and um and it's just totally human and great and funny and uh and like you said poignant at times yeah what a what a what a delight yeah and and you know i would hope it's the sort of thing that breaks some of these native american actors that we don't I mean, it's funny because obviously there are like three or four characters on this show who are played by like the three or four Native American actors that we recognize, right? Yeah. And then there's a bunch of kids and other characters that are played by Native American actors most people have never seen before. And, you know, I, I think we can afford for there to be more than three or four uh, Native American performers that we recognize. I agree. I hope those cousins get their rap group off the ground. Oh too. my god, they are such a riot. <laughs> you know, it's like there's they're generally I feel like in one scene an episode, and it's always incredible. Yes, the scene where they like <laughs> they they're they're offering to take him somewhere, and then they. What? Oh God! What? Now I'm forgetting exactly what they tell him they're gonna do. But then it's like they're they they don't have a car. <laughs> like they're gonna drive him somewhere, but they don't have a car. And he's just like, "What are you guys doing?" I don't know. The whole the whole business with those two yeah. cousins. And they offer him a job. <laughs> That's what it is, right? Like, what does yeah. it pay? And, like, and and they're like, "Oh, it's for the exposure." <laughs> Oh, uh, so great! <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I really, uh, I, I had a good time, and I'd forgotten. I, you know, it's one of those things where it had gone away for a little while, and you, and you remember, like, oh yeah, Reservation Dogs, good show. People really liked it. But yeah, it's just different when you're when you're right back in the world. Yeah, yeah, and it really is transportative in that way, if that's a word. Like, it really takes you to this place that, again, not in like a preachy or or you know obnoxious and not on the other end in an exploitative way or like voyeuristic way but just like here uh, come hang out on this reservation for a little while and see what life is like yeah it's challenges it's it's joys it's laughter it's, you're Check crazy it singing free falling <laughs> <laughs> that scene was also like incredible <laughs> and i think that that too this show I think handles in a more interesting and probably like better and more accurate way 
all of the sort of concepts of like Native American spiritualism than almost anything I've ever seen. Like it treats tradition and and even some of the mysticism with total respect, but also not so serious as to be a as to be a joke, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's a, it's a it's a tricky balance, and they're and they're nailing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So, if Reservation Dogs is a show uh, that is greater than the sum of its parts, I felt like the resort uh, was lesser than the sum of its parts, which are are good parts. Um, what did you think? I mean. I feel like maybe it's I I don't know. That makes it sound like a thumbs down, and I definitely would not want to give it a thumbs down. Um cuz I'm going to definitely finish it and it's fine. But I'll say this, like you know, I'm also me and my wife are wa- watch the resort together and we also are watching Only Murders. And in a lot of ways these shows are similar, right? Yeah. Like people kind of uh, thrown together or, or linked together by some relationship uh, investigating murder mysteries when they probably shouldn't be. Um, th- th- vaguely, at least. They may murder or not. Um, and I think in many ways only murders is more than the sum of its parts and, and really excellent. And, and I, in some ways, I think you could say the same thing about reservation dogs as, as you were transitioning. Uh, the resort is not, it's like not hearing who was in it and what it was. It was like, this could be exceptional. And it's certainly not that. I would almost, it feels like can't miss, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, And I'm not saying, the miss like you're like you know you're talking about a thumbs down like i'm doing that thing where your thumb is sideways and you're sort of tilting it you know what i mean like yeah but you're gonna finish it right like uh, i don't know that i'm gonna finish it i like that's a literal i don't know that i'm gonna finish it what i do know is like you brought up only murders in the building and it's like i absolutely will finish that this one i'm like i don't know maybe yeah i'll watch a couple more but i don't know that uh I don't know that I'll be in for the full ride. Yeah, I think we will be because I do find it entertaining and I like the performers. I mean, so much of the show is really just Kristen Milioti and uh, William Jackson Harper together. And they're funny and their relationship is, you know, uh, I think well, well drawn. Um. And you know, at this point, I want to know what uh, I'm interested in—the Who Done It. So, I'll finish it. But, but again, I totally understand the—I don't know—who knows if I'll finish it because it is not—it's not like the. I mean, you said it right when you think of something as can't miss. Just not missing doesn't feel like a huge achievement. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when you think of something as can't miss, you want it to hit a home run. Right. And if it hits like a single that it's trying to stretch into a double and you you're not sure yet if it's going to be thrown out, that's like a little disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, no. I'm feeling like 
I'm feeling like the the second baseman will have to drop the ball for for them not to be thrown on second. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> it's one, it's like one of those plays where you're like, oh, this guy's in trouble. <laughs> he should not have gone for that. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I I probably it sounds like have a slightly higher opinion of it than you do, but I know exactly what you're saying because it it doesn't it 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 just feels. It feels very much like someone went into a – like the elevator pitch on this one is – so we've got only murders in the building but White Lotus and it centers around um, William Jackson Harper and Kristen Milioti and they were like, sold! You have two weeks. <laughs> Yep, I would. Uh, and then they made it in two weeks. I don't know. And I, I agree with you that I would. Um, uh, like, I think if I had come into this with zero expectations, I'd probably I might feel differently about it for right. sure. Right. Um, and I think that I would also like to see Kristen Milioti play someone who's like loved and valued again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not that she's not loved. Uh, you know, and obviously in. Uh, um, uh, the HBO Max show, whose name I'm forgetting now because I forget this all the time. Thank you, Made for Love. She's uh, obsessively valued at times, but yeah. you know what I mean. Like, like I don't know. Let's not just get her have her not be put upon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know? I think if you watch, how many of these did you watch? Two so far. I think if you watch a couple more, you'll see that she's bringing a lot of this on herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get. It. I'm not saying that like. There's anything wrong with the way that this character stretched? I just feel like I've been seeing her a lot late. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of these lately where she's just like uh, on pissed the edge off stuff. Yeah, on the edge. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> like, you know, and like I enjoyed her and uh, you know, uh, happy Christine or uh, Kristen Milioti in in How I Met Your Mother back in the day. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind that flavor again somewhere. Yeah, but I do understand the appeal of her like particular brand of frazzled yeah she's good at it yeah she's good at it, for sure i just it's uh, you know we've uh, she's going to that tool a lot lately is all i'm saying true story. um <laughs> all right uh paper girls um very interested to hear your thoughts on this how many did you watch i watched uh three of them maybe four yeah I think that's uh, which about I th- where i'm at which i think will tell you that uh yeah, I found it pretty engrossing. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not my kind of story, but like, I love these four girls. Um, and there's a, just sort of enough mystery about what the hell that they're caught up in that I'm, I'm here to see all that too. Um, I think you said the perfect words there, like whatever the hell they're caught up in, because. And, and interestingly enough, it worked for you, and it certainly works for me. But but this is a show that I think, unlike some of the other shows we might compare it to, Stranger Things or whatever, it hangs entirely on the personality of the characters. Like, this, yeah, there's crazy alien stuff going on, but this is mostly a show about the, like, interpersonal dynamics of four young women. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And these kids are great, man. And when They're you say interpersonal, sometimes between them and the future version. <laughs> yes. 
Swift as well. <laughs> yes. And Ali Wong is also good. Um, but uh, I, yeah, this is a re- it's a really both enjoyable and also engrossing show because even if you don't totally know what's going on, you know the stakes are extremely high. Like someone could die for God's sakes and they're traveling around in the future. Yeah. So that's definitely happening. Yeah. So uh, it, it it's it it puts these wonderful characters in incredibly high stakes situations, and the results are wonderful. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a really great way to put it. Like when I when I was watching the pilot, I was a little bit worried that we were kind of getting like teenage archetypes, um, and and uh, which is I guess maybe a thing that happens when you're kind of starting from a comic book. Sure. Um, but it's not really that at all. And I think, like, I really love the way that these these sort of girls are drawn, and and, and as we learn kind of more about their inner lives, um, yeah, I think it's really cool. Um, so uh, I'm I'm excited to see where it's going, and this is one I think I will definitely uh, finish. Yeah, it it almost has a like, it's not quite episode by episode, but it has a way of sort of going through. And and by having them go different places in different times, exposing a little bit about each of the young, each of the girls like home and inner lives. Right. So, you know, they end up in the future with uh, Aaron and then uh, the past from there. But the future. For, yeah. And then all along the while, they're like exploring their own identities from the the frame of reference of growing up in the 80s but being transported to the 2000s and then back to the 90s like the whole thing is it's nuts but because the characters are so good it's a great watch um do you ever have a paper out you know what's funny before no i did not but before we talk about did you i did yes okay i want to hear about it but first I think it's funny that, but it, it, it speaks to your taste, that in a lot of ways, this show has many of the components that you found insufferable in the film Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, but, I think it's true. But what this does that that did not, and in part it's because it's a TV show and not a movie, is it it fills in these characters in a way that isn't just about jumping around in time. Right. I need, I need characters and story to ground me a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think quite intentionally, I think in everything, everywhere, all at once is case. Um, Everything is unmoored. Yeah. Like that's kind of the, the opposite. Like they're just wanting to take it up. And up, and as things get up and up, they get sillier and crazier. And yeah, that's not that's not my jam. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, I love that actress who you know is the daughter and the villain, right? Like, she's fantastic yeah. on uh, Maisel. Maisel. It's like, yeah. yeah. But like, I found her particularly as the villain less right. less so as the daughter, but like, just I so annoying. <laughs> like, well, because her like evil weapon was silliness. We don't need to get back yeah. into that movie, yeah, but basically, yeah. But yeah, I, I get it, I, and I think that it's telling about this show and and how good a job it does grounding the story in characters. Uh, 
yeah, just really big, big thumbs up on yeah. Paper Girls. And I don't know who the actress that plays Mac is. Oh, man, but she's great. She Yeah, because that could easily be cartoony. You yes. know what I mean? And uh, there's a humanity about that performance that, that really makes it work for me, you know? Yeah, because it's a character with a big, like, persona and also big emotions, right? And so it could absolutely just be, like, a an obnoxious caricature. But she, who, that, whoever that actress is she has sort of imbued it with a real charm and also like heart and it's it's so good they're all so good all of them really kj uh uh god i'm forgetting the tiffany. Other, tiffany of course her whole like you know overachiever personality too just feels incredibly real to me and like super authentic um yeah she, I, she's kind of she can, might be my favorite actually oh my <laughs> like god she's the low-keyest of them all you know what i mean but uh um, but also the most type a right and and like the <laughs> most driven and the most like and it's funny i don't know if we're at the i may be one episode ahead of you but but we've reached a point where she basically is finally like all right that's it i'm taking over <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's uh, again like and just, you know, the fact that me saying that causes a reaction in you like it's it's like, ah, yeah, that Tiffany. Right. I mean, like yeah. it does feel like we know these characters after just a few episodes. After, just after, right. Just a few episodes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Paper Girls, man. Really good. It's a, it's a good reminder to me to watch stuff people say is good, even if it's in a subject matter that, you know, you're not always psyched about. Yeah, yeah, totally. Industry. Um. Anyway, oh boy. sorry. <laughs> we get it. You love industry. <laughs> um. I guess that is a preview into the the homework. Are we at, we're at the homework section of all of a sudden of this show. Wow. Uh, already. I think so. Yeah. Did Good I did I miss us. anything? Yeah. Look at us. Here we are. Um. You know, uh, off pod, uh, I, I tried to get Kolsky to put industry in the homework last week and he was, he was out and then I watched it. And so and he insisted now, and now I, he's insisting that I watch. So, it. so the compromise that we reached, uh, is, uh, episode one of season two of industry, which is the one that aired Monday, um, on HBO slash HBO max noting uh, that I do not think I finished the first season and I probably won't. Yeah, no, I, and I don't, I don't, I mean, look, there's definitely, you, there'll definitely be some stuff in it that's kind of about some of the stuff that happened, but I don't think you're going to feel lost. That would, okay. that, that, that would be what I'd say. So I'm not going to say that it's necessary um, <clears throat> to do so. I think you can, I think you can judge this one on its own. All right. Um, and I would say that goes for the rest of you. If you did also did not finish season one. Of industry, so we're gonna watch that first episode. I will also be watching the second one, which you're welcome to do, but I'm not requiring <laughs> in his in his case. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of uh, Madcore homework assignments, <laughs> uh, this one's a little less controversial, but uh, there's a new uh, All or Nothing season on Prime. That's kind of the hard knocks of soccer documentaries, yeah, yeah. if you will. We did we did cover the. Tottenham season uh, a couple of years ago. Um, 
We did. Uh, there's uh, an Arsenal season, which, uh, as you may know, is my team. Um, uh, and it kind of chronicles them last year, uh, which was a bananas season uh, for Arsenal in a lot of ways. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll just be curious to see uh, what your your take on it is. And I'm going to guess some of, a lot of these things will be new to you. Almost uh, all of it will be new to me. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm curious to, to see what you think about uh, that experience. There's already three episodes of that uh, that dropped, uh, and I've already watched them all. Um, Calm down. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Maybe you could do more of the homework if you weren't jumping ahead, you know? It's true. <laughs> uh, well, and I, I believe that I pitched that to you as I'm going to absolutely be watching this. So yeah, correct. Uh, if you want to put the homework, it. you could watch it as well. Uh, yeah, that's what you said. Yes. Uh, elsewhere, The Sandman, uh, which I'm, now I have to go back, but I believe that is a Netflix uh, show. Um, hmm. Is it? I believe so. Uh, uh, yes, it is on Netflix. Sandman Great. season one. Yeah, uh, and that is a uh, Neil Gaiman. Gaiman, yeah. Yes, based. Uh, he's you know he makes comic books, correct? Well, Most? he is. He has become a very big fantasy novel writer as well. But I believe Sandman was sort of his first major written work. Uh, and it is, yeah, a graphic, gra- a series of graphic novels, of comics for DC, but it's a little, it's like pretty adult and um, a little more grounded in, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I've heard it's very good. The comic specifically. I think of him and, and I would say this is just my, like I've, I've encountered very little of his actual work. So this is just my impression from people mm-hmm. talking about him. Yeah, uh, but I sort of feel of he's like the hipster comic book guy, right? Yeah, you know a little what I mean? bit like the the intellectuals who like comics yeah, a little bit of the intellectual comic guy. Um, it's the... like sort of like people like the Watchmen uh, comics, I would say. Not uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That They're... sort of level of uh, sophistication, I guess. Um, it is getting very good reviews. The show. Uh, and the comic is very, very highly respected. Yeah. So, uh, and he so- created it himself. It's not like he just wrote another DC character. I believe it was his uh, original creation for DC. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie, uh, Christie's also in that, if you're. Uh, and she it. plays the Lucifer character. It also was sort of a color and gender blind casting of the comic book oh interesting yeah i think we are uh it does sort of feel like we're in the calm before the storm uh content wise right like we're a couple of weeks away from uh the big fall stuff dropping yep your thrones is and lords yep. of the rings and all of that stuff so um mm. so we'll, we'll try to get the quirky stuff in <laughs> it's the winter of fantasy i bet you can't wait <laughs> hey look you, you know uh yeah i'm not a big fantasy guy but uh i am just as excited for uh, another throne show as anybody else i'll put it that way amen Let, less so less so on the lord of the rings front but uh you know whatever i'll watch that too damn right um, you will. yeah and then we've got uh, i am groot uh um which is on disney plus i mean you know duh. and um 
is an anthology series coming to Disney Plus. Yeah, just like five individual stories about Groot. Do you have any worry? Uh, Do you have about- any worry? Oh, sorry, there was more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it'd be weird if we'd had no worries. Yeah, things sure would. Like, things would be going really good if we had no worries. Yeah. Um, we're the state of Marvel television. You know what I mean? Anyways, um, I'm worried about both Marvel and Star Wars right now, to be honest. Star Wars I'm worried about. Uh, we'll see what this Andor business is, but... I- I watched Obi-Wan, and I was not impressed. Yeah, um, I watched enough of Obi-Wan to know I was not going to watch the rest of Obi-Wan, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, Marvel, I'm not really that worried about. Did you watch Ms. Marvel? No, no, I did not. I, I, I mean, <clears throat> you're not a Marvel fan, so I don't know that your concern is that important. <laughs> I thought Ms. Marvel was really Fair quite point. delightful. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what? Who she is? Yeah, yeah, and, and you know I'm not. I haven't. I haven't watched it, but I haven't ruled that one out. Honestly, I could see going back. I to thought that. Hawkeye was pretty good. I thought Ms. Marvel was pretty good. Um, I didn't even hate Wandavision. Like I, I, I would be more worried about the movies, honestly, than the TV. Interesting. Now, as you know, I liked Wanda less than than most people. Um, but I also, I'd also say I'm, I'm basing some of this on not necessarily my reaction to things, knowing that I'm, I'm, I'm way further down on Marvel than most people are. Um, but just sort of the general reception. And I do agree that uh-huh. Ms. Ms. Marvel was popular. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't know if it was super well received critically. Uh, but I think, I think fans liked it. Um, but and, and I would and I'm granting you WandaVision. I, I would say WandaVision was a success for them. I, it's just, to me, it's, it seems like everything else after from them has been been a bit of well, a well. Loki, I think, was a decent success, right? Um, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'm hanging this all on Moon Knight. <laughs> yeah, well, Moon Knight was a little off brand and bizarre, but I didn't even hate that. I don't know. All right, fair enough. Um, I think here's the thing: like the reaction to Marvel ranges from everybody watched it and no one had a ton to say about it to everybody watched it and everyone's talking about it. So like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think trouble is really a, a concern of theirs. If that makes yeah, sense. Fine, fair enough. I, you know, I, you're right. And I suppose that that is better than the star Wars vibe, which is just rapidly d- diminishing returns with every series that's released. That's right. The star Wars vibe is, like what are we doing here? What what is what yeah. are we doing? And I don't it's know like if we talked line, about yeah, this. Like it's, one, it's worse than the last. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Did we talk about this on the podcast? That like the the further I got into Star Wars, the more confounded and befuddled I became by how bad Ewan McGregor is acting as Obi Wan Kenobi because Ewan McGregor's acting ability is not in dispute. <laughs> Okay, Ewan McGregor is a capital G good actor. Like in the that I I think that's as as uncontroversial sta- a statement as a person could make. Yeah. yeah, and he's just so bad as Obi Wan, it makes no sense. And 
that's the thing you chose to do is to rehash a character that <laughs> many people said at the time was like wooden and confusingly bad. I dare say, and maybe this, maybe this is proof of it, that anyone acting next to the monstrosity that was that young Princess Leia character was going to look bad. Maybe. Maybe. Because she was definitely, like, ridiculous. Yeah. And it's not that little girl's fault. She was written as, like, an adult. Yeah, no, I, I don't know what they were thinking with that one. I just uh, like yeah, I get it. You want her to be clever and charming, but like you can't make her the same clever and charming as like the twenty-something Leia. No, no, she can't. Uh, all right. Um, are we are we gonna wait till the end of Saul to talk about that? I think so. Yeah, I don't think we should talk about it right now. Like, I think we talked about it at the right time, actually, because we talked about it as they transitioned from the distant past to the more recent past. Yeah. And I uh, it, it's funny because, uh, you know, there was a sort of an extended uh, Nebraska football conversation one of those episodes yeah. that really does sort of. Uh, using real names that really does put yes. you in an actual timeline of, of of exactly what year it was when that yep. was happening. Yeah. Um, and it's not. I believe is the answer. What's um, that? I think believe is 2014. Yeah, uh, I was going to say it's not as long ago as I would have expected it to be. Yeah. Like Martinez is the the quarterback that they're talking about. Right. And yep. it wasn't like that long ago. Yep. Didn't didn't think I would see Bo Pelini's name pop up anywhere in this saga, but here we are. Uh, <laughs> um, so the, that that part of it was interesting. And I uh, um, the 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 makers of the show have been hinting that there are going to be some real sort of surprises uh, with their choices the rest of the way. And I, I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. So uh, I guess we'll talk about that whenever that's done. I think we got, what, two, three more weeks of that left. I two? think two more episodes, which I think it's going to be the next two weeks. Yeah. And just going to be epic. Can't uh, wait. Uh, yeah. Two more, two more to go. Uh, the next one is, is the uh, written and directed by Vince Gilligan. And then the last one by uh, series creator, Peter Gould. So um, Can't wait. here we go. Uh, all right. And I think that that wraps it up for us this week. Indeed it does. We already extended our homework portion with a weird marvel star wars conversation <laughs> classic toy department stuff right there it, it sure was but it wasn't like it was out of nowhere we were talking about watching another marvel thing yeah totally let's let's go get let's go get to work all right go arsenal bye this game's in the admiral refrigerator the doors closed the lights out butter's getting hard the eggs are cooling and the jello is jiggling so long everybody and do me a favor have yourself a tremendous evening Elon Musk tried to get involved in this. I don't know if you remember any of that. No, but did he? Um, or was it like how he tried to get involved with Twitter? He, no, he did not. He ultimately did not. Get it. it was very Twitter-like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, hey, guys, you want to use this cool submarine I got? And then people are like, nah, no, 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 really, we're good, thanks. <laughs> That's the right way to respond to Elon Musk. No, we're good, thanks. <laughs>